Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. God's so good, and sometimes in the midst of everything, we forget that His Word contains such power. Because we want to have the next deep thing, or we want to have the next big word, or we want to have that next prophecy, and we try to live off the prophetic word instead of the written word. And we need to come to a place where we understand that the written word's the foundation and the prophetic word must always align with it and stay in line with it. And this is the reason why during this last year and a half, we've seen some be very strong and move through without a trouble. Now, I, I'm blessed in our congregation. We have a lot of strength here. And even though the wind's blown, we've kind of, you know, deep roots. But those who've tried to live off strictly prophetic words are struggling and this is why so there are some things God's so simply put in our our in his word that are for us in a daily way we've talked about this in our bible studies and support groups uh, that uh, in Romans it says we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ it's the what I thought everybody knew that verse. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God, the dynamis of God, actually, in that one, unto salvation. And, well, I know that verse, Pastor. I've quoted it. I've lived off it. And I got born again, so it doesn't apply to me anymore. Um, yeah, no. Uh, we need the power of God and the power unto salvation every single day. Every single day we need the power of salvation. I don't know about you, but there are days when I need more grace than others. I said a few weeks ago, don't make yourself so hard to love. <laughs> there are days when we need desperately to have that power word working in our life. It is the foundation so that when we hear words that are contrary, we are not moved. Amen. Yeah. There were several scriptures that were quoted this morning for those of you uh, right at the beginning Shalane was singing from Jeremiah 17. And it's very interesting because that was, that was the verse that, that I was praying for our congregation last night. That when you realize the power of God of salvation comes to you, you realize when you say, save me and I'm saved. Heal me and I'm healed. He doesn't stop. Well, that's it. You got born again. Don't need saving anymore. Now, I'm not saying that you continue in being a sinner. But aren't you glad his saving power is an eternal power that yeah. continues to work? It's always working. It's always working. So you don't have to fall in ditches. You don't have to fall into temptation. His saving power is always at work. It's always there. It's always a steady. Amen? Yeah. Haven't got to where I was going yet. Praise the Lord. Revelation 20. Wasn't planning on going there, but we'll go there anyway. Somewhere along the line, we heard it quoted. I think I have to have my glasses on to read it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I think you're alive. I think so. Amen. That wasn't where I was going. Oh, I was in Revelation chapter 12. Mm -hmm. Chapter 12, verse 11. 
And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Sometimes I like to focus on the last part because we typically love our lives unto life. And we like to have things that bless us, comfort us, and make us feel good. We go to church. We get a nice little pat in the back. Here you go. You're a lovely bunch of people. You've never done anything wrong. Go be blessed. Amen. But that's not what it says. It says you love your life unto death. It means this submission and yielding to his plan. Now, that doesn't mean your life is going to be boring. There's nothing boring about my life. <laughs> nothing. And when you are... Putting his will ahead of yours, wonderful things happen. When you're putting your will and part of his, then you're in the complexities of life. And that happens because initially we think, I've got this. I know how. Because I've been preaching for a long time. I know how to work this. Then we get in bigger trouble, right? Well, God's God and I'm glad. Amen. So in all of this, as I've been meditating on the word of God and, and seeing God move, uh, I, the testimonies are so important. And that's why we're, we're looking to rebuild. Now, some of your testimonies we haven't heard that have taken place in the last two years. We're making room because testimonies is an essential part. Not what the devil did, what God is doing in your life. How did God get you through? What happened when you were under pressure and a word rose up inside of you that perhaps you hadn't thought about since Sunday school? And it got you through, got you out of the ditch that you were thinking. We are in a time where testimonies are so vital and the blood of Jesus, obviously all three are great weapons but where we need to sharpen them up a little bit and say, you know, this is important. What God has done in my life is big. It's big. It's big. Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 15, or 5, please? I'm going to start at verse 15 while you're looking. Luke 5, 15. We're going to hear about Jesus. I'm going to read you some things. It should be familiar to you, but don't allow the familiarity of Scripture to not let it be a washing and a strengthening and for faith to come because faith comes by hearing. It took me more than once to hear that one plus one equaled two. Amen. Luke 5:15 But so much the more there went a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to do what to hear Everybody say to hear. to hear You see Jesus is still at work Jesus is still doing things in people's life But the primary voice we've been hearing is not this one If you are only in church and the sermons or the word is only preached maybe 20 minutes. Sometimes I preach longer. Sometimes. <laughs> and and no, not in this church. But the hearing, even then, even in our longer church services of about two hours, two hours in one week when the primary voices are others, We'll, we'll try to make that voice bigger than the voice of God. Now, that doesn't mean you should go out there and flood yourself and never use it. But you want to use what you hear and put it into practice. That's what hearing, because it's like this, and, and I relate it to shoes. 
Miss Abby, who helps me in the office, she had, we were doing some things, and I walked in, and she had a page of shoes come up, and she was looking at shoes online. I was immediately distracted. <laughs> I like shoes. I like to, my feet to be comfortable as well. But if it comes to shoes, I know about shoes. I know what fits. I know what size fits. I know how to shop online for shoes. I can tell you about shoes, and I'm happy to do so. I'm happy to tell you when there's a bargain on shoes, especially ones that I like. No one makes me talk about shoes. No one. But shoes, you know. When Jesus is so important, and you see a scripture go by, and you can't help but stop and go, that's so good again. Now on Friday, little, little Sonia was in for some dental surgery and we were at Children's and I had a lot of time to meditate on the word because that's, that's a good thing to do when you're there. It can be a pretty depressing place otherwise. You hear lots of stories you never wanted to hear about other children. You find yourself praying and interceding up and down the hallways. And as I, I was thinking about the word and then later we were sharing and, and Leanna says, oh, I was reading the Bible story to the children about Goliath. And, and she says, and you know, and she says, and I got all excited. Now she's our daughter, so she gets excited about things. And I understand because she doesn't fall far from the tree. And she says, she says, and I told the kids, why do you think Jesus took five smooth stones to get Goliath? Why didn't he use sharp ones? And I was like, wow. And I got excited about the word. You see, because we were talking about Jesus things. And, and because we like to. No one made us. No one forced us. We have questions. We have, and we did. We think, well, that's a good question. Why did I was completely distracted by thinking, why didn't Jesus say, you better get a sharp rock. That giant's big, and it'll pierce his head a whole lot easier than a round one. See what I mean? Shoes. Rocks. We were talking about rocks. We were talking about the word of God. We like to do that. No one forces us to. And when you hear the fame of Jesus. Do you run away or run to? See, we heard the fame. We heard Jesus was still at work. We heard that this morning over and over and over. We hear that Jesus is at work. Jesus is present to heal. Jesus is our deliverer. Jesus is the truth. We should go, oh yeah, well, we're not going to look up the science books to see and prove and ask the world if we think Jesus is true because they're not going to think that. They're not saved. So we come here and we hear Jesus is great. We've been singing all morning. God is so great. God is so great. Why did we have to shake that so much before five of us believed it? The fame of him has been quenched. And it's time we heard again. The fame of Jesus went abroad. Oh, they're preaching the word at that church down there. We better go here. Oh, did you hear them talk about that? You know, it made me think now. Here's the, the interesting thing. When we start talking Jesus and we start reading the word and great multitudes come together to hear, you might not think, well, you know what? Pastor was talking about this scripture, but this scripture started to come alive in me. I hadn't thought about that scripture in years because that's how it works. When God begins to work in our midst, what comes alive is what has been sown in your heart. And it may be a different scripture. I'm telling you this morning, good. Amen. I agree. That should come alive. The things he's planted begin to grow. You should see a leaf come. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. 
So much the more there went the fame abroad of him. So much the more. So much the more. Oh my goodness, something's going on in Newton. Jesus is there and people are getting healed. People are getting delivered. Oh, they talk about Jesus so much you can't help but get born again all over again. Jesus is real. Oh my word, he's real. And they believe it there. And something begins to happen and other people hear about it and they go, well, that's kind of weird. I better go check it out. <laughs> Some people come for all the wrong reasons and stay for the right ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. And just they came together to hear and to be healed by him, not by people. Because when Jesus heals in our midst, it's not because we're some great thing. It's not because we do some great thing. It's because Jesus is in us and that's what he does. They come and they heard the fame and they got excited. And they said, whoa, he's in the house. Hallelujah. And when they heard he was in the house, people started going, there's something going on out there. There's something going on. We bet, ooh, I heard that. Somebody got healed. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Somebody got healed. Somebody got healed. Oh, man, someone got healed. Someone got healed. <laughs> and Jesus withdrew himself to the wilderness and prayed. And it came in a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which came out of every town in Galilee to prove him wrong and to see what in the world was going on. What in the world? What are you doing? We were the guys before. How come we don't have it now? And doctors might come along and say, well, you know what? We had all the remedies and we had all the mixtures. And how come our stuff isn't working anymore? And how come you just prayed and they got healed? Because God is bigger. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against nurses. I bless them and I thank them. But they're not above Jesus. They have their place. And sometimes in the midst of this, people don't understand what God is doing. Well, we're not here to explain that. We just keep talking Jesus. I'm not going to discuss the four horsemen of the apocalypse with someone who's not born again. Amen? Especially if someone's been born again for two minutes. What do you think is going to happen? Is this the end of the world? How about knowing that you're going to live through no matter what? How about having eternal life and being convinced of it? How about having eternal life so rich, so good, and so deep that nothing anybody else says ever moves you from it? So convinced you're born again. And I'm saying this because some people are not. Some people are going, I'm not sure I'm saved. Well, get sure. And be sure and stand sure. That's where people will go, oh, something's different there. They're not in Wonderland. This is not Alice. <laughs> Amen? Because everybody wants to see when someone starts to change. Because people don't change. Liars are liars. People don't change. They still don't think. Right? People don't change without Jesus. They try. This is why, and for all those people who ever gone through AA, just forgive me, get over it, don't be offended by this. But the truth of the matter is, if you look up the stats, 3% success rate is not something I'd write home about. Why? Those 3% actually got born again. You can't get delivered without Jesus. You can't make an eternal change without an eternal God involved. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's get that straight and be happy about it. Behold, they brought a man. Why? They hear all this stuff, and now they're going to test him. I think so. I think so. So now they bring the hard guy. We're going to bring a guy in a bed. We're bringing a guy in a bed. 
He can't get up. He's got palsy. He's paralyzed. He can't get up. And everybody's there is watching. All the naysayers and the no can't do it's and all those people who say, I don't know why you believe in that God. He ain't going to do nothing for you. And amongst all of that, they bring in a guy in a bed. I like God. He said that they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. But when they couldn't find a way, now there's some people got some faith here. Now notice the guy in the bed probably didn't have much, but his friends sure did. Have friends like this. I don't care what it happens. We're dragging you to that church. <laughs> you can scream all the way there, but that devil coming out, you know. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. How far did we get? Three verses? I think we're having fun. Verse 19, thank you. And when they could not find by way which they might bring him in because of the multitude, because there were so many people there, because they all came there to see something. They all came there because they heard something and they wanted to have confirmation with their little eyeballs of what they'd been hearing about. Isn't it about time that people wanted to come because they heard something was going on and they better come see for themselves? Because truthfully, we're not very good at, at not seeing and believing. But that's all right. You people who need to see, come on. God will show himself strong. I'm not worried. I've watched him heal lots of people. Amen? It's pretty cool, actually. Amen? And, and so they let him down through the roof, right? And, and they get him before him. And he says, when he saw their faith, not the guy in the bed, the people around him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Now it really freaks out people. It didn't, he didn't say and he didn't do what they wanted him to do. There are a lot of people, they don't like it when I say, you're going to have to have faith to get up and go through. And they go, we just want you to carry me. Well, I'm not going to carry you. I'm not that strong, but Jesus is. Amen. Some of you I couldn't even pick up. Some of you I might be able to. Amen. I can't do your praying for you. I can't make you get saved and I can't make you obey God. I'm not even going to try. I can't change you. I'm not in the changing business. I'm in the encouraging business. I'm in the preaching business. And how you will you hear so faith can come is if I come and other preachers come. Amen? Right. Amen. How will they hear except there come a preacher? I've come. Good morning. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So they get freaked out. And they begin to reason. Who is this that does that? I've seen their home. I know her past. Seriously, who are they to forgive sins? Who does he think he is? And I'm telling you as people of God, and some of you are called to ministry, that's what people are going to say. Who do you think you are? You don't have the right family. You don't have the right clothes. I have gray hair. You know, I wear the wrong earrings sometimes, apparently. I sometimes don't have the right shoes on. And you might not either. But God uses us. I love that, you know, how, how God just works different things. And, and we were in a hospital, in Children's actually, several years ago. It was 2006. And a mama was in there and she was very afraid. She had had her blood pressure go up. She had had problems herself. She had a mild stroke and the baby in the womb had a stroke at the same time. The baby was born about a month early and was paralyzed from the neck down. She was very nervous, 
I was in the NICU because one of our grandchildren was in there on the other side. And there were lots of tears, lots of sorrow in that place. Finally, she got to hold her baby. And one of the days, our, our, we had a Bible school that was running uh, Tuesday nights and Wednesday mornings. And after our class had prayed that morning, I had gone to the hospital, met them. And she was being able to hold him for the first time. They put him on a backboard because he had no arms and legs moving. And, and they'd wrapped him around so he was stiff. So the mom could hold him for the first time. And our daughter had been witnessing to her about the power of Jesus to heal. I says, oh, here's my mom. She'll pray for you. <laughs> we all know how that one goes. <laughs> and uh, I said, may I lay hands on She says, I don't want you to touch the baby because. So I put my hand on her elbow where his head was. And I prayed a very simple prayer. Thank you, God, for all the prayers we prayed today. And I thank you, Lord, you heal this baby. It wasn't deep. It wasn't special. There were no um, fireworks. You know, you'd think maybe some gong would go off. No, mm -mm, nothing. nothing. Mm -mm. I don't see that happening here either. I didn't say, hang on, we've got to get the worship band up and sing five worship songs and maybe a couple of praise songs. We'll all get everybody excited and then we'll be healed. I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you for your freedom and, and uh Desire to open your hearts today. 20 minutes later, he was back in the isolate and an arm came up. Amen. One of the nurses, she was the first to see. We're all so busy with other things and chitty chatting and, and uh, turns around. She goes, did I just see that? Look, look, look. And it's like the whole ward went quiet because everybody knew the situation. And then another arm went up. And then we could see legs kicking. And he was healed. I mean, nurses were crying. We were, we were all crying. She sent me an email with a video of him walking at a year. She said, I got to get back to church. <laughs> Her sins were forgiven. She felt so guilty for having, I mean, it wasn't her fault she had a stroke, but she needed healing too, not just her baby. Not just her baby. When they hear, when the multitudes hear. Now that was 2006. Do you think God's changed? No. Do you think he's in the miracle business? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love Jesus' response. He says, uh, verse 22, when Jesus got it, he perceived their thoughts. He knew what they were thinking. And some people's thinking's written on their face anyway. It's not that hard and not that deep. But we know that Jesus could do that without them, you know, reading their face. But some people, I'm very, I, I wear my, my thoughts on my face. Sometimes I try not to, but yeah, it's just hopeless some days, you know. I, I try to look happy. But, you know, that stained grin ain't working. <laughs> you know, when you're somewhere and someone's saying something and you don't agree, but you're trying to smile anyway. It's probably a meme for that. <laughs> amen. Yes, amen. <laughs> Why reason you in your hearts? You know, because they're trying to sort it out. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to make it understood. 
instead of just accepting what Jesus did. Some people approach salvation that way. 30 years, they made a confession of salvation out of their heart in an honest way, but they're still trying to figure it all out. And you wonder why understanding hadn't come because you're still trying to fix it yourself. Let him be the fixer, amen? In Isaiah chapter 61, I love this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. We're living in a day and an hour where minds of people need to be fixed. They need to be healed. Almost more than physical healings. We don't see people rolling in that are paralyzed into church. We don't see people coming into the church on stretchers. And so, but we do see people coming in with stretchers in a different way. And yes, they're wearing it on their face. We see people coming in with load of this world sitting on their shoulders. But no person's shoulders were designed to carry those things. Not one. Not one. And we're living in the day and hour where we all make a nice face and inside deep pain. I can tell you when you're pushing down pain, it can't be healed. The strongest thing we can ever do is admit the places of wound. You know, I've, I've seen things. and We have nurses in our, several nurses here. You can see what happens when someone tries to hide a wound that desperately needs to be cleaned out and the mess that it makes by delay. And if you think that a pain or a torment or something that hurts your mind or your soul doesn't need to be tidied up and cleaned out by the precious blood of Jesus. It'll make just as much mess with delay. Just as much. So when Jesus, the, the prophecy of Jesus coming, which he talks about in Luke 4, but is talked about in Isaiah chapter 61, it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Isn't that what he read when he was a little boy coming into church? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He picked up the book and he read. He knew what was coming. It always was. It always was. That anointing for healing always was. It always is. And to heal the brokenhearted. But he can't heal what you won't put in his hand. He needs you to let go of it. And stop putting band-aids on it. The greatest wound we have in our current society is a wound of grief. We've been overwhelmed with so many ideas of how to deal with it. We've become the AA for grief and sorrow. And it happens in the church. It's become the grand touch-me-not. Don't touch grief and sorrow. Everybody processes differently. In time, you'll be healed. You'll have to carry this until you die. You know that you'll have memories. They'll come back. They'll come back like waves. They'll come wave after wave of sorrow. It'll catch you by surprise in your least moment. You'll be feeling that terrible grief in your heart. And, and it's something you'll just have to learn to live with until you go to be with Jesus. But that's what's being said. Every counselor, all these counseling appointments, all the things, all the things I've seen written about grief and sorrow, they say these things. Oh, well, I, I've been in places that say, oh, we're going to make a thousand little, little paper birds. 
and stick them in a tree. And when we do that, there'll be a release. I've seen this. I've watched it. Well, Pastor, you don't know what it is to sorrow. 2019. Four family members, several deep friends, deep and dear friends. Think I don't know? Think I don't know? I'm talking about what's real. Were there days I hurt? Absolutely. That's why I'm sharing this. Because I know what works. I know how to get healed through this. I know that all of the psychology is very friendly, but has a limitation. Let's see what it says. Hear it again for the first time. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me, this is Jesus coming, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to the opening of prison to them that are brown, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to the day of vengeance of God, to comfort all those that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Do you think a big God who loves you so very much doesn't know when you're in pain? Loss isn't just about someone passing on to heaven. Sometimes it's a disappointment. Something you were hoping would happen. And you feel terribly empty inside that it did not come out the way you hoped. What did it say? To appoint unto them that mourn. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy. The oil of joy for mourning is present. I don't need to go around with a jar of oil and pour it on everybody here for them to know this is true. The oil of joy is a living oil. It's not something found in a jar. It's something found in the Holy Ghost. And it's just as real as if I took oil and poured it out. It's just as real the work that it does in the hearts of men and women. It's just as real, just as potent, and heals so wonderfully well. And it's for us. And we need it so very desperately. We need this oil in our church. We need it flowing again. We need the oil of joy. We need the oil of the Holy Ghost flowing, and we need to be receiving its work needs to flow. It's not a, well, there I'll put in a box and make a little cross on your head. There, be blessed. It's not a rubber stamp. It's not a one-day occasion just like your salvation. The power of God that's unto salvation is unleashed with being bold. For I am not ashamed when we are bold in the things of God, it unleashes the life that's in the blood. It unleashes the oil to flow. It unleashes the things that you feel have been held back in your life. It is the oil of joy that heals every wound, every broken place. 
the things we couldn't do ourselves. I can't do it, but he does it every time you let him. So then the question is, how do we let him? How do we let him when we've got so used to hanging on? I'm just hanging on, waiting for the next load. I'm just hanging on. Just hanging on. Maybe the next boat. Well, there was a guy. And he sat in the steps of Bethsaida. And he was hanging on for what? The next time the angel would come and move on the waters. And some, Jesus comes by and said, what you waiting for? Well, I'm waiting because every time it comes, someone gets there before me. Someone gets there before me. He was looking at people. Because the angel would move. He would trouble the water. And someone would get healed. And I, I was sitting really close to the edge. I was almost in the water. I was near the edge. I could hear what the people were saying. I watched the people get healed. I think it might work for me. But no one will pick me up and put me in the water. And that's right. No one can. No one can. This is a place where each of us gets to decide what we will receive from Jesus. No one can pick you up. No one can put you in. And Jesus was everywhere. He wasn't in the water. He was everywhere. He didn't need to get in the water and have the angel come along and wiggle the water. He already did it. He already paid for it. He's already moving in it. The last verse in there, it says, that last part, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There's been a heaviness on many. The truth, a heaviness has sat on many, especially in this last week. And people haven't known how to get it off their shoulders. There's been some mourning and some sighing, but Jesus still heals, and the remedy hasn't changed. And you don't need anybody to pick you up. You just need to say yes. Is it that simple? Absolutely. It's so simple. It's so simple. It's so ready. It's so ready. And all you have to do is say yes. Did Jesus heal me of the places? Do I wake up with waves that catch me off guard where sorrow is concerned? I have to say no. Is it possible? Absolutely. Am I healed? Absolutely. But it didn't come through man's methods, none of it. I had to admit where I hung on 
I had to admit and be real with God and say, you know, God, that really hurt. Some days I said, God, I, I don't even know how to let go. I don't know quite how to give this over. I don't think I'm alone. So I just started saying, well, I give it to you. I start there. We start there. Start with what you know. God, I don't know how you do your part, but I can say yes. I don't know how you're going to fix this heart I cannot see, but I'll say yes. I don't know how a garment of praise could come in my life, but if you know me, you've seen me praise God. You haven't seen me get down. Is it because I'm a super strong, excellent, yeah, you know, superhero Christian? Absolutely not. But I have a super God. I have a super Jesus. And I had to let go of all of the places I've been trying to do it myself. Or trying to blame others. There was no one to put me in the pool. Those two things will help you take up what Jesus, with his precious blood, bought and paid for for you and I. Can you be free and healed of depression and sorrow? Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Do you have to suffer for years first? No. Absolutely. You haven't lost anything. Is that the truth? I haven't lost anything. I've gained tremendous ground in victory. Tremendous ground. And this is not because I'm a pastor. It's because of where we started today. Because I believe this more than anything else. How did you get there? By making a choice. Sometimes I even said, like I talked to God, I don't know how to receive it. I said, God, I don't understand it. I don't get it, but I'm going to believe it. This is more important than what any man says. If it says here, you will comfort me. I expect it to be the truth. And if you think I haven't had days where I've had to challenge that word, you would be wrong. But then I picked up again. I said, this is what your word says. And I remind him of it. Very shortly, as you heard, we're going to have a vision meeting. Why? Because of these things. It's so important to have that word solid that you can look back and say, this is what my God said. And I believe it. This is what my God said, and I believe it. This is what my God said, and I believe it. No more delays in what he's placed in our heart. We have already overcome. Amen? Amen. I'm believing today that those of you who need that tremendous healing in your hearts and souls can receive it so easy. You don't need someone to put you in the pool. You need to say yes. It'll come. It'll work. 
and you can receive. Amen. Amen, Pastor Jason. We've heard some good things this morning, amen? Why don't you stand on your feet? Shalene, why don't you come up for a minute? You know, I, I know that there are people that think, it, if the Lord just told me what to do, I would do those things so that I could be free. I know there are people that think if it was just as simple as, you know, giving more money to the church or simple as um, performing these good deeds, if I could just do certain things like that and it was just that easy, I'd do those things in a heartbeat so that I could be free. I know there are people that think like that. You know, people think if I, if I just hear, I just need to hear some, another good message about what I need to do and then I'll do those things and then I'll be free. But the thing is, is what you've heard today, if you believe it, you can enter that freedom today. It's the wonderful thing about, about our great God. He doesn't make it difficult for any one of us. He doesn't make it hard. I know sometimes it, our circumstances can make things seem like it's difficult and hard, but our God doesn't make it hard. He doesn't make it difficult. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, we weren't even thinking of him. The Bible calls us enemies of God. And yet at that time, he gave his life for us. He makes it very easy. And I know that in this place, in this house this morning, a simple believing in your heart is all that's required. And that's easy. And every one of us can do that. It's not our feelings that we're looking to change. It's not our willpower that causes things to be different. It's our believing Him that causes His power to move in our lives. The gospel has always been the power of God unto salvation. Isn't that right? It's always been the power of God unto salvation. It's not a matter of needing more power. It's a matter of hearing and believing the good news. Are you hearing this morning? Are you hearing the good news this morning? Are, Jesus is alive. Are you hearing him speak to you this morning? You don't have to you know, run to the shores of Galilee to hear and be healed because he is present in this place. You can hear the word that was spoken and be healed right where you are. Can you hear and be healed this morning? Can you hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking to you in your heart saying, I've made you free. I'm making you whole. I'm making you whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, healed and whole and delivered. Hallelujah. Can you hear the Lord saying that to you this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray together and then we're going to worship together.
and enjoy a time of being in his presence and letting him speak to our hearts. But hear him this morning. Hear him this morning. Hear what he has to say to you this morning. Not just a good message. Not just a pick-me-up. Hear him speaking to your heart. Hear what he has to say to you. Don't let those words pass you by. Don't let it just be another Sunday. Don't let it just be a sermon that you've heard before. Hear what he has to say to you and be healed of your diseases. Be healed of your pain. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Hallelujah. Let hope arise. Let joy arise from within you. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we are those who believe the message. We are those that believe and have faith in Jesus. And we choose this morning, I am not going to believe in my feelings. I'm not going to believe the past and the pain of things that have gone before me. I am not putting my faith in those things any longer. I choose to believe that you have healed me. I choose to believe that you have saved me. I choose to believe that you have made me whole. And Jesus, you are an ever-present reality in my heart and in my life. My life belongs to you, and you are a good master who loves me and cares for me and lifts me up and makes me strong. Let his presence sweep through your heart right now. Let it sweep through your heart. Hear him and be healed. Hear him and be healed. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we honor you and we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We let all those doubts just float away. They just melt. All those doubts just melt. They melt in the name of Jesus. They dissipate and they're dissolved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We hear your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1.